The man who is actually trying to ask the questions joins us now. Our Leafs reporter here at TSN 1050, Jonah Siegel. How you doing, buddy? I'm doing good. How are you guys? Really good. You know, we don't look. Here's the official position. We're not going to turn this into hysterical hand-wringing. However, you know, you do have a certain amount of professionalism you're expected to live up to. Phil Kessel didn't. Take us inside that moment. What happened on Saturday night? Because you went to talk to him. What happened next? Well, I wanted to talk to him after the game, and I made that clear to the Leafs PR team. And, you know, I think they requested that, that Kessel talk, and that didn't end up happening initially. So I waited around after, you know, everything had wrapped up for Kessel to walk down the hallway for me to ask him a couple questions and, you know, get a sense from the team's best player, the guy who's, you know, third or fourth in the league in scoring, to know what happened, you know, because in a game like that, when you lose to a team like Buffalo who had one regulation win all year, I would like to hear from the team's best player. It doesn't happen often, but I think there's a responsibility there, so I waited for Kessel. I asked Phil if he had a, a couple minutes to chat, and he told me what he told me, and, you know, that's where it left. But the, the thing is, this stuff happens a lot with Kessel, and I just feel like I've gotten to a point now where I don't think we should have to cover it up anymore. You know, Phil Kessel is what he is. He is their best player. He's their highest-paid player. And if he wants to act like this, that's fine. But it's not up to us, I think, as a media core uh, to protect him. You know, if he wants to do things like this, that's totally okay. But, you know, from this point, um, I'm not going to hide the way that he acts anymore. And I think that's just the way I felt after the game. Well, how common an occurrence is this? Because when you talk about not hiding what a guy does or not covering it up, I mean, is it, is it perpetual rudeness? I mean, describe what it is that you say you're not going to cover up anymore. Well, that, it, it's exactly that. You know, he's perpetually unavailable. He's perpetually borderline rude. Like, this stuff happens a lot, maybe not to this degree. Uh, but there's a, a, a an undercurrent with Phil Kessel and the media. He obviously has made it very clear that he doesn't like it. And, and listen, I don't know if it even matters. You know, I don't think it has anything to do with what happens on the ice. I don't know if the team cares about it. Um, but, you know, you, you, you've got to treat people and you've got to understand what parts of your job are uh, Players are obligated to talk to the media, and in some cases they're not going to want to do it. But, you know, Kessel's teammates are the ones that are always going to have to step up and hold the ball because the best player doesn't like to talk, doesn't want to talk, doesn't feel he's entitled to talk. And, and if that's the way he wants to do it, and he has for the past five years, uh, that's fine. But, you know, I'm going to make clear now in those situations where Kessel doesn't want to talk and has made clear he doesn't want to talk, uh, I'm just not going to run away from that fact anymore and just treat it as a daily occurrence, which it is, uh, but which it probably shouldn't be. Yeah, I, I agree. And there's going to be a lot of people that say, oh, it's just the media whining. But this is part of the deal in all professional sports is that the best player usually talks. Often what the, what the answer is going to be isn't that great. But it's part of the job. And he has been shirking that responsibility for a long time. Um, Jonas, in, in your most recent article, you talk about the Leafs were taught a good lesson by the Lonely Sabres. And my question for you is, they might have been taught a lesson, but this isn't the first time. Bob and I were talking about this. So many of their losses have been in just, you know, I don't want to say embarrassing, but no, it was in embarrassing fashion. So they were taught a lesson. Will they learn anything? That's a good question. I, I don't know. You know, I, I think we saw after they were beat pretty handily by Boston, you know, a few weeks back that they responded and they won six of their next eight games. And not everything was working perfectly, but I think this was a little bit different because it's, it's a different type of lesson. Like uh, a couple of the players 
said afterward that they didn't believe that they took the Buffalo Sabres lightly. But then Stefan Robida, you know, didn't know. You know, he said maybe, you know, and, and he said if that's the case, it is a good lesson because you can't take any team in the NHL uh, for granted. You can't just assume that you're going to come in and beat them. And I think it was probably the same case, uh, as, as strange as it might seem, against that Boston team a few weeks back when they were playing without Chara. Uh, I don't think they had Krejci that night. Uh, and they came in and they got hammered by Boston. And, you know, they heard about it. And that was probably one of their more embarrassing losses of the year. But it has happened quite a bit. You know, that's four times in 18 games where there have been very one-sided losses, and, and that's got to be concerning. It's got to be concerning when you're handled like that by a Sabres team, you know, that hadn't scored three goals in a game, and then they get six. You know, they had 22 goals in, I think, 15, 16, 17 games coming into that night, and they score six. That should tell you something, that you're not really on your game, and you've got to be a whole lot better. Yeah, there's damning statistic after damning statistic from that 6-2 loss. Now, Jonas, I know you don't listen to the show every day. Maybe you podcast it. I hope you do. <laughs> um, but one thing I created last year, and it was sort of in jest, I created the Tyler Bozak safe zone, mostly just because I felt bad for him. I'm like, ah, oh, come on, leave him alone. And I, I headed uh, to start this year as well. But watching him defensively against Pittsburgh, and then watching him defensively uh, against the Buffalo Sabres, I feel it's time for me to lift the Tyler Bozak safe zone. Everyone talks about, oh, he's not bad defensively. What I saw the last couple of games was a train wreck. What are you seeing with Bozak? Well, I think the danger with that line sometimes is they shoot the zone before it's, it's time to go. You know, and, and you saw that on one of the Sabres goals, but he was fifth, gone. It was the fifth goal, Jonas, and it was <laughs> Phil Kessel who was practi- he was practically sharing popcorn down at the other end with the Buffalo goalie while it was still in their end. It was disgraceful. And that happens a lot, you know, and that's that's one of the the key arguments, you know, against Kessel in, in, in terms of, and, and that line, you know, Van Riemsdyk, Kessel, Bozak, they're not a very good defensive line, and you can look last year for as many goals as they scored, and they were terrific offensively they cost you almost just as much, you know, and that's, that's one of the, the, the interesting debates about Kessel, about Bozak, and about that line, is that for all the goals that they're scoring, they're costing you a whole bunch more. So it, I always compare it to basketball. It's like James Harden. You know, if James Harden's going to score 35, but he's going to give up 30, how much further are you ahead? You know, and there's got to be a recognition. And, you know, listen, from Ron Wilson to Randy Carlisle, they've tried to hammer that point, that you've got to take your – your defensive responsibility seriously. And it's something as simple as chipping a puck out along the wall and getting it out. And that doesn't happen all the time with that line. You know, and they're, they're, they're known for, for shooting the coop and, and leaving the zone and, and trying to go for offense. And it's cost this team a lot, you know, and it, it goes back to a larger question. You know, can you, can you have Bill Kessel, a guy who's going to get you 40 but give up a whole lot more, you know, as your best player, it's a, it's, a, it's an interesting debate. It was four to two, and Kessel looks like he's ready to start the sprint because he wants to make it four to three. Next thing you know, it's five to two, and the game is out of reach. And that is the bad version of that line, as you say. Jonas Siegel, TSN Leafs reporter, is with us. Last question for you, Jonas, and it is a Phil Kessel one. You talked about how he's frequently unavailable and. Uh, I'll just say dismissive, but at the very least, let's just say unavailable to media. We heard Randy Carlyle talking about how Phil kind of just does his own thing. Do they coddle him? I don't know if coddle's the right word. Um, I think it's like you've got this this really talented player who's going to score you 35, 40 goals. He's a fantastic offensive force. 
And I think you see all the different things that go on around him in a negative light. And you almost just accept it because he's going to get you that. He's going to get you 35 goals. So you say, you know what? We don't like that stuff, but we've got to we, look at what he does for us. Like, what are we going to do? We can't make Phil Kessel talk to the media. We can't make Phil Kessel back check, but we know he's going to give us 35 goals. You know, and I, and I think it's just that acceptance. You know, we've got to accept. I think they feel like they've got to accept the bad with the good. And the good is something that not a lot of players in the NHL can do. Not a lot of players can snap the puck like that. Not a lot of players can shoot the puck like that. And I think because of that fact, I think they just accept all the other things that go with him uh, as collateral damage. And that's the way it's been, and that's probably the way it's going to be. Jonas Siegel, Leafs reporter, thank you for joining us today. You know, Buddy and I, Jonas, were supposed to get lunch today because we do our Leafs lunch on Mondays where we hang out. And uh, I was just going to tell you, no, I can't make it. Today I can't oh. make lunch, so I'm sorry to say that. I actually just found out I got some errands to run. <laughs> You're being Are you being dumped? You think... me on the air like I did with you? <laughs> I'm not saying I'm doing revenge on the air, but this is maybe like, I am. Hold on a second. This is like Kessel. Bob Macklitz is Phil Kessel in you right now. Just saying, nope, I don't, have, I don't want any part of you. I wouldn't take this lightly, Jonas. Matt, what are you doing for lunch? You know what? You and I, we got to get together, and I want to talk badly about a certain guy I work with from 9 to noon on Monday to Friday. I like to call him the anchor. <laughs> Dragging us That's down. Good. I'll see. I'll see you too. Yeah, it'll be great. It'll be delightful. Have a fun time, guys. <laughs> Thank you, Thanks, Jonas. Boys. Jonas Eagle, TSN Leafs reporter here on TSN 1050.